Chapter Six of Kilgloom Park by Neil Boyton S.J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Six The World's Sickest People. It was a dull Monday, a week after the strenuous fourth. An afternoon shower had spoiled business in Kilgloom Park, and the employees were glad to relax and take it easy. But in the circus sideshows was a concession where high excitement reigned. Angelo Daly, who, with Wish Crag, had been fishing in the ocean cabbage patch off the boardwalk side of Coney Island, disembarked from the park launch, the baby mine, and was cutting across the court of Kilgloom with a tiny string of fish, when the first rumors of trouble in the sideshows reached his ears. It came about in this way. Ferocity had sighted his boss, and came rubbing against his ankles, begging fish. "'Hello, you black cat, you. Haven't the police picked you up yet?' The boy greeted his pet. "'Certainly not,' meowed Ferocity. "'How about a fish?' "'These fish for cap supper, but I bet a Hershey bar you're as hungry as I am. Come on over to little Red Rankin's stand, and I'll get you a bit of hot dog.' This seemed to please the big park tomcat, and he trotted at the heels of his master. Little Red Rankin greeted the boy. Well, well, where have you been? You missed something big this afternoon. No, what? Instantly, Angelo Daly was all ears. But even in his thirst for news, he did not forget to spear several sizzling sausages, fold them in rolls, and, thrusting one at wish, smear a generous line of mustard over the other and start in. What's wrong now? He waited till Little Red had satisfied a customer's needs. There was a pleading meow from Angelo's heel, and the boy looked down at the begging tomcat. Oh, I forgot all about you. Angelo reached into the pot, and extracting a small red hot, threw it to the cat. Ferocity got one hundred percent on the catch. Why, somebody poisoned all the freaks in the sideshows. What? Angelo forgot to eat and held his half-consumed dog in midair. Poison them? How many are dead? asked Wish Craig, also neglecting to eat. Oh, you can't kill freaks, replied Rankin offhandedly. They'll all pull through, but they won't give any further performances today. Angelo Daly had heard enough. Immediately he passed over his tiny string of fish to little Red Rankin. Here, Red, park these fish somewhere. He noticed ferocity too close. And don't let this thieving black cat get near them. Otherwise, Mother will have to buy cap fresh fish. Scat, you fish snatcher, scat. Ferocity was a cat who could take a hint, and he walked off with his tail virtuously high in the air. Angelo and Wish headed directly for the scene of the current excitement. As Rankin had foretold, the circus sideshows were close to the public. The large banner, on which was depicted in more or less truthful colors, the various human exhibits, hung silently in the breeze and the Ballyhoo platform was deserted. Angelo saw Colonel Sewell, the inside lecturer, sitting and smoking where the ticket ticker usually presided. Hello, Colonel. Why the shutdown? Angelo demanded. As if in answer to his question, the boy's keen ears heard an unmistakable moan coming from behind the entrance canvas. The inside lecturer pointed his thumb over his shoulder. There's your answer. What? Another and a louder moan floated piteously on the afternoon air. That's the modern Samson, said the colonel. I don't understand, began Angelo. 
He's sick as a dog. Sick as a dog, exclaimed Wish, grinning. Why, that fellow can lift a thousand pound weight. I've seen him do it often. Not today, my son, corrected the colonel, smoking his cigar and blowing a thick white circle at the younger daily. At present, he'd have difficulty in lifting his own shadow. See here, Colonel Sewell, there is some mystery here. Suppose you talk United States and tell a fellow what's all the excitement about. The sideshows don't close down on a July afternoon without a good and sufficient reason. That's the time you spoke United States yourself, Angelo, replied the inside lecturer. A pound of last season's candy and three young devils closed down this concession. And several hours ago, I thought our Congress of Freaks had adjourned, signed, die, and coffins of various assorted sizes were in order. Please, Colonel, what's it all about? Sit down. I'm still weak from my share in the excitement. Thank heavens I swore off candy thirty years ago when a dentist took out my sweet tooth by accident. I fell asleep in his chair and... Never mind. Skip the bedtime story, Colonel, impatiently interrupted Angelo, wiggling with repressed excitement. What happened today when we were fishing? I'm getting around to that. It seems those... Well, on account of your extreme youth, I'll cut out all adjectives. Those lead triplets are at the bottom of all the seasickness. Seasickness? Angelo burst out in amazement. Seasickness is right, buddy. Colonel Sewell adopted his lecturer manner and explained, Ladies and gentlemen, we have within here the world's sickest people. The colonel dropped his voice to ordinary conversational tones and proceeded, Angelo, my son, I should change that to the world's maddest people. I don't understand you at all, colonel. Those as yet unhung leaves told the other freaks that today was their fourteenth joint birthday, or joint fourteenth birthday, whichever is correct and to celebrate they passed around a box of candy. I myself heard the fat girl say that's sweet of them. But half an hour later, what I'm a whale said about the boxing triplets, their past ancestors, their present selves, and their future progeny will be barred from the U.S. mails, even at election times. And the large lady was mild in her language compared to some of the other attractions inside. Was, was something wrong with the candy? asked Angelo. Colonel Sue went right on. The bearded lady, both ambassadors from Mars, and Madame Osis, the Egyptian snake charmer, came down about the same time, and in short order they were followed by the iron-jawed man, one of the Siamese twin girls. The other was reducing, and she didn't take any of the birthday candy. Then the three-legged freak, and your friend who can twist his head and stare at you from between his shoulder blades, only he won't stare that way again today, and the human skeleton. They all accepted some of the triplets' birthday candy. The world's sickest people was only half correct. Well, McGraw, the sideshow boss, had to close down and send Pronto for the park doctor. Gee, that's too bad, commiserated Angelo. And there's a fairly good afternoon crowd in the park, too. Come on, Wish, we'll go in. Colonel Sewell held out a barring foot. No, you're not. Those freaks need rest and quiet. All of them hate the sight of a boy just at present. I might not be able to save you from bodily harm if I let you pass in. Even the armless wonder might lay violent hands on you, too. What are you talking about, Colonel? exclaimed Angelo indignantly. Why, I go everywhere in this amusement park. I'll tell you what you can do. What? 
You two come around about 7.30 this evening, and you'll see the neatest triple public spanking you've ever witnessed in all your born days. Lee has promised to administer corporal punishment on his sons, and administer it in the presence of all the convalescent freaks. It was Princess Mite who begged the triplet's daddy to stay his hand in strap till she was able to raise her head and enjoy the punishment. Do you want to see it? No, Angela promptly affirmed, and added the reason. I don't like to see lickings, in public or otherwise. They're too reminiscent, admitted Wish Craig frankly. But later in the afternoon, after Angela had done a little private sleuthing himself, he was willing to change his opinion, and be a state witness to this public licking. For learning the candy that had necessitated the temporary closing down of the circus sideshows had come from a candy shop on Surf Avenue, Angela made it his business to drop in at that particular shop. He found that the police had been there before him, and all was excitement in that concession. Angela waited till he had heard the details. Then, at the supper table, he relayed his information to the family. Say, Cap, you know that poison candy the boxing triplets passed around in the sideshows this afternoon? Mother Daly tried in vain to catch Angelo's eye and get him off a dangerous topic, but it was too late. What's that? exclaimed Captain Daly. Do I know it? I thought I would have a choice assortment of corpses on hand, but Doc Moran saved the show. What possessed those trouble triplets to do such a thing? It was their joint birthday, said G.T. They're fourteen today. They'll be hung before they ever vote, then, prophesied the manager of Kilgloom Park darkly. They've caused nothing but trouble, trouble ever since they arrived here last season. Remember the lobster somebody dropped into the old swimming hole pole that Sunday last year? Angelo volunteered hopefully. G.T. gave his smaller brother a kick under the table, and Angelo, taking a painful hint, shot up. Well, I never could prove that on them, but I've had my suspicions, declared Captain Daly. The only thing that saves the Lees this time is that they seem to have eaten some of the candy themselves, and Doc Moran had to work over them. Where did they get that poisonous stuff? At Morello's on the avenue. Angelo was eager to retell what he knew. They came around to him this morning and told him it was their birthday, and I like their nerve. They told Morello that you were their uncle, Cap, and that makes the three of them my first cousins. Can't you beat it? Morello had some old stock that he couldn't sell, I guess, and he handed them a box. The police have the rest of his old stock. I was there just if they confis, confis. Angelo was stuck, and he changed the word. They took it to the 8th Street station to have it examined, or whatever they do to poison candy, to make sure that it is not poisoned. Captain Daly said suddenly, I'd have kicked that Lee outfit out of the park long ago, but the father is an old show friend, and he has been hard up all winter. But I can't have this park closed down for those punks. They're not such a bad lot, Cap, put in G.T. earnestly, and they have a good snappy act. The public likes it. I've listened to the comments of the crowd, and they are all favorable. Anyway, the triplets have paid for their birthday gift. Indeed they have, said Captain Daly. Colonel Sewell came running over to the offices, and judging from his first lurid reports, I thought we had wholesale murder on our hands. You know how jealous freaks are of each other. I would not put it beyond one of the strongmen to poison his rivals, and as for the lady freaks. Well, anyway... My first sight of all those strange people lying about their platforms made me close down the concession, 
and telephoned for the dock. Talk about the battlefields of France. It looked like any one of them. All freaks take their sicknesses seriously. So do I, muttered Angelo under his breath. But the triplets were to get a public licking from their father, and all the other freaks were to have ringside seats. That was settled. It is to take place as soon as the triplets are recovered sufficiently to be present. The boxing triplets recovered by seven that evening. It was a pale-looking set of freaks that sat around in the public barred sideshow building and watched justice being administered. Princess Might, whose afternoon radio program had been wrecked, insisted on being carried from their platform to one nearer to the boxing triplets' ring. Here she stood with the convalescing I'm a whale and Madame Ossus, the Egyptian snake charmer. Mr. Lee had his safety razor strap in his hand, and he crawled into the ring. Roosevelt and Washington Lee were sitting in their corners, while Lincoln leaned over the ropes in a neutral corner. The father beckoned to Roosevelt, who came obediently, and assumed the angle. Really, the three boys were frightened by the disaster they had unwittingly caused. This was the first time in their show lives that they had literally stopped the show. Mr. Lee administered the ten strokes neatly and effectively. He pushed Roosevelt, who was biting his lips to keep from crying, out of the center of the ring, and like a biber who had finished his customer, called, Next! Both Lincoln and Washington held back, but the shrill baby voice of Princess Might called, Mr. Lee, give the father of his country the preference. He was the boy who gave me that awful candy. So Washington received the next ten. The ninth and final strokes made him wince, but no other sound broke the stillness of the concession. Then Lincoln, without being invited, came forward, swiftly fell the strokes, and he departed to his corner to remain standing. Colonel Sewell, the inside lecturer, walked up to the execution platform, and raising his hand, as he did so often, when he wished to attract the audience's attention, explained, The boss says to open the show at eight, if you are recovered enough. How about it, folks? The Oklahoma giant uncoiled his lanky length and drawled, Well, folks, after seeing justice done to those punks, I reckon we can go on any time you are ready, Colonel. Suits me, chimed in the fat girl, and the tiny princess nodded her doll-like head in confirmation. Well, then, we'll start the ballyhoo right now. Colonel Sewell called to the world's premier jazz artists. Get your instruments, boys. Your turn on the ballyhoo platform outside, triplets. Let's go. That was one good thing. The triplets thought, when a licking, even a public one, was over, that was the end of it. There was no after nagging. Ten minutes later, the circus side chose that it seemed to be closed for the season earlier in the day was on in full swing. The strange people were on their platforms. The jazz artists were their loudest and tiniest, and the public was once more drifting into the side shows. Angelo Daly came up on the run. Disappointment showed on his features. He called Colonel Sewell aside. What happened? I thought those kids were to get a licking at eight. You're late for the execution. It's all over, the colonel told him. Just then Angelo saw his brother. Hey, G.T., what do you know about that? Those triplets got their spanking half an hour ago. I am sorry that I missed it, calling themselves my first cousins. G.T. looked at his small brother. See here, O oh angel, suppose Cap had broadcast that he was going to spank you before the assembled park employees. Would you want the boxing triplets to see it? 
No, reluctantly admitted Angelo. Then, the inside of this concession was no place for you half an hour ago. You keep away from those boys for the rest of the night, and don't mention the licking when you meet them, or... That was an order that Angelo prudently obeyed. But G.T., when he saw his opportunity, drifted up to the platform of the boxing triplets and called out, Say, fellows, the fishing is fine off the cabbage patch these mornings. Want to come along with Chubby and Wish and me in the morning? You bet. The invitation instantly brightened up the crestfallen trio. Meet us at the Neptune Avenue gate at eight tomorrow morning. Oh, plenty of bait and lines. Another good turn done quietly. G.T. left the boxing triplets in better humor and returned to his duties at the executive offices. End of Chapter 6 Recording by Maria Therese